Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit CEATECHN.com to learn more. I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. For those of you that live in the Northeast and Midwest part of the country, fall is here with winter just around the corner, bringing snow, wind, cold, and short, dark days, all which can impact our mood, mental health, and wellness. And our guest will tell us how nature can be a cure for those wintertime blues. She is the daughter of a civil rights activist and the working mother of two young children, and as an urban planner and nonprofit leader, she dedicated her career to addressing inequities and advancing sustainable solutions. She has a long list of accomplishments that include the first Asian American woman to serve on the Cook County Board. But what's most impressive is how much she really cares about people, sustainability, and the environment. It's my honor to welcome back to the Green Sense Show, Hosina Marita, Cook County Commissioner, 13th District. Welcome back, Commissioner. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, it's we're enjoying that last little bit of summer uh, and hopefully get an extended fall before we have to crash right into winter. Yes. Well, last time we had you on this show, you were new to the job. How is your time so far in the 13th? It's been great. I mean, it's still under a year, um, but it's been, you know, I, I mean, there's a number of things that I love about the job. Uh, you know, I think it's a lot of the core issues that I've worked on, health equity, environmental justice and criminal justice reform. And I have to say one of the more pleasant things for me is I really love having a district. Uh, when I was at MWRD, you re represent all of Cook County and you kind of represent everybody and nobody um, at the same time. And so having a district and really starting to build roots and build deeper relationships has really been the best part over the last year. Well, you're a people person, so that uh, gets you closer <laughs> to the constituents. What accomplishments are you most proud of? Even though it's been a year, I'm sure you've gotten some things uh, done that you're you're proud of. Yeah, I mean, my first vote, and this was not a you know result of any key accomplishment of myself, but I was just really proud that my first vote on the county board um, as a Forest Preserve member was the money that was allocated through the referendum, which a lot of us worked really hard to pass that referendum. I, I say that this is our generation's Burnham plan. I don't think that there is a metro area in the world let alone the rest of the country that is increasing their investment, not just in green space, but in natural spaces um, and forest preserves. We are doing land acquisition. We are doing restoration. Um, over $40 million was my first vote um, as a result of that. So thank you to all the voters who, you know, it's really hard to get voters to vote for a tax increase. And I think it's a real testament to Cook County and how much we appreciate and respect the forest preserves. Um, well, so it's, it's really exciting. Very evident whenever you fly into O'Hare or Midway, you know, the Chicago area looks so green and you see those natural preserves. So I think that's a little bit iconic of uh, of our city. So good job on that. Thank you. Yeah, we get to call it the Emerald Necklace and the Emerald Necklace is just going to grow over the next generation. Love that, especially on Green Sense Show. Uh, what's your biggest challenge? Um, you know, I think being the first Asian American woman on the board, there are just a lot of issues that people have not been, you know, used to talking about or, um, you know, has not been top of mind. I think it's both been an opportunity and a challenge. So my first uh, uh, kind of substantive item um, 
on the board was passing the environmental justice resolution. So Cook County will be adopting its first environmental justice policy by the end of next year. And we have a whole engaged process with communities that are disproportionately impacted to have feedback countywide around that. But my second piece um, was around something that people might assume was already happening, but just um, making sure that Asian Americans, and we also included the Middle Eastern North African population, uh, MENA, that have also been fighting for designation and, and rec recognition, making sure that we are counted um, in in data collection across county government, across government in general, you would assume that we are, but you'll notice whether it be criminal justice data or some health data that oftentimes it's black, Latino, white, other. Um, and so building that muscle uh, within county government has been, um, I think people have been open, but it, it's still a challenge, right? Just learning that how does, how does data get collected? How do you change structures and systems that communicate with each other? How do you um, kind of get to that next layer. I always say Cook County under President Preckwinkle has made amazing, amazing strides uh, when it comes to equity. Um, but the fact of the matter is that we cannot have full equity without full inclusion. And so that means getting to smaller communities like mine that have for generations been told that, oh, you're statistically insignificant. Um, you're too hard to serve. You're too complicated. You speak too many languages. We don't, you know, we don't understand. You're too insular. Um, and so it's really been a growth process and an education process with my fellow commissioners and staff at the county board. And people have been really great about it. Um, but it is a muscle in government that has not always been exercised of how you reach some of these smaller communities. Well, if you can't count and measure properly, it's hard to put the right programs in place. Right. So let's get on with uh, the meat of today's show. Uh, why is it so important to you that your constituents connect with nature? You know, we're really lucky here in the 13th district. We have seven different forest preserves and there are so many benefits to it. I think oftentimes, even with the referendum, you know, the highlight of it is really talking about the economic sustainability um, part of the forest preserves. But there is the people part. Um, there is the fact that the forest preserves is home, you know, to family reunions, cultural festivals. Um, you know, people go for walks there every day. I was talking to a a uh, trustee in Morton Grove the other day that says that she and her family go and do their sundown prayer um, in the Forest Preserve. And it's this asset that is amazing. It's free, it's open, uh, but not everybody necessarily either knows about it or feels included. And so we've been really intentional. We do a monthly event on the first of every month through this year um, in the Forest Preserve. We've done a New Year's resolution walk, a Black history walk, a Native American history walk. Um, and just this last weekend, we did Nurtured by Nature, which was really focusing on the mental health and physical health benefits of the forest preserves, uh, which uh, for me as a newer commissioner, one of the more shocking things or more difficult, challenging things, I would say, is the fact that every few weeks, um, every month, we get text messages about suicides in the forest preserves. Um, and, you know, it's it's a difficult thing, you know, in some way we know people are struggling uh, with their mental health uh, all year round, all across the county. Um, and, you know, for some people, I think it is a peaceful place to come. Um, but we also have a responsibility with that um, and an opportunity with that to do proactive education and mental health supports and services and let people know that the forest preserves is this asset where you know, you can come and take a deep breath. You can come and take a break 
from the hustle and bustle of your daily life and city life and even activities that some of us may normally do, like taking a walk around our neighborhood, doing it in the forest preserves has exponential benefits um, than doing the exact same activity in the city. And so it's an amazing resource. It's free. It's open to everybody. And we want to make sure everybody knows. Commissioner, do you have any studies or statistics that support the benefits of nature on mental health? Yeah, or is I it all anecdotal? No, there are statistics. Um, I, I can't I don't have them on the hand right now. But I mean, they talk about how uh, people have uh, reported having, you know, exponential, you know, like increased endorphins, increased relaxation, reduction in anxiety uh, by taking a walk in the forest preserves or in nature versus on a city street. You think about it like you're not navigating traffic. You're not listening to the sirens. You're oftentimes not bumping into people, right? You're actually kind of alone. You can, you know, they talk about there are um, mental health benefits uh, to listening to birds, uh, listening to sounds. I know we did a bird walk uh, with uh, Judy Pollack of the Audubon Society a few months ago, and we did that in the forest preserves. And she kind of taught us about bird watching. And I remember for like probably two or three days after I felt all of my other senses heightened. Um, I could literally feel it because when you're bird watching or when you're paying attention to nature, you're shutting other things off. Um, and it really does heighten your senses. Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, it is a qualitatively different experience um, to really well, sit down and be quiet in nature. Well, I read a report and I can't cite it either. It was about 10 years ago that talked about the benefits of exercising near bodies of water. Uh, they showed... Uh, scientifically that you had higher benefits by exercising by water. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's lots of studies out there. Do you have any data or statistics on, on the increase in depression and mental health issues? Cause it seems like a lot of people these days are under a lot of stress. The world's a very stressful pl place. Uh, there's so much false information that it's hard to trust institutions these days and with the economy being volatile and the global situation, I think it uh, weighs heavy on people. Any any thoughts on that? No, I think we've all seen it anecdotally in our lives. Um, you know, our own anxiety or stress or depression levels. Um, you know, people are more on edge, and I think, like you said, it's a cumulative, you know, kind of result of the pandemic and social media and political polarization. Um, you know, a recession, a lot more people are working remotely. They're not having the same level of social contact that they used to have. Um, people are still recovering from, from the pandemic. We've seen divorce rates spike. We've seen depression rates spike. We've seen suicide uh, rates spike um, almost across the board. And, you know, I think people are just dealing with a lot. Um, and, you know, I think that we have a culture that needs to change where we don't talk about it. Um, you know, I come from a community as Asian Americans, we don't talk about mental health, we don't talk about depression, we don't talk about our feelings, even the good ones. Um, and so, you know, having tools that people can utilize, even if it's on their own, you know, there are social supports and there are networks out there, but a lot of people choose to process these things on their own. And that's where spaces like the Forest Preserve and resources like 988, right, you can dial 988 and, and be connected to supports. Um, you know, that there are these things that are available to people who feel isolated, who feel alone, um, who are dealing with more anxiety or depression or challenges um, than they're used to. And I think that's a lot of us right now. 
Well, you said something poignant last time you were on the show that there's a lot of people that don't know what to do in nature and how to take <laughs> advantage of that. Uh, what do you have to help them? Yeah, we actually created um, an activity sheet because that was a really common thing that we heard from people. Um, you know, I think we're so prone to having things programmed for us. You know, we, you know, whether it's watching a TV or taking a, a, a gym course, right? People don't are not used to doing things on their own anymore. And so people would tell me that they would go out to the forest preserves and they would just stand there <laughs> and kind of say, what am I supposed to do here? You know, like just taking a walk and, you know, kind of indefinitely doesn't feel as tangible. So we've, we know we did a lot of the research of like across physical ailments, but also mental health ailments. What are the kind of highest recommendations? So like having 150 minutes of physical activity in a week, you know, taking, you know, 10 deep breaths, um, you know, meditating, you know, all of these different things. And we put them into short, like 20 minute activities created like routes. And so there's like, you know, paved routes in the forest preserve. There's unpaved routes uh, for, you know, those who want to bike or who are, have wheelchairs or other things versus people who want to get deeper into the forest preserves. And so we've really tried to package those things. Um, and one thing that we're discussing, we haven't launched it yet in the forest preserves is how do we make those available, whether it be through QR codes, um, you know, specific activities that people can do uh, because they go to the forest preserves. And a lot of people do feel kind of lost uh, as to what they're supposed to do because we're so programmed to have like such prescriptive activities, you know, like it's not natural just to wander anymore. <laughs> yes. We feel like we have to do something all the time. So we saw that in February, the Cook County Board of Commissioners unanimously approved your resolution to direct Cook County to incorporate the nationally recognized principles of environmental justice into its environmental work. Tell us about the principles. So the principles are really about centering people and communities, particularly communities that have been most impacted by the negative impacts um, of environmental, uh, you know, kind of decisions, whether it be living close to a highway or an industrial plant or a landfill. We know historically, right, that environmental racism has been very real, that, you know, communities of color, low-income communities have bared the brunt of a lot of the hazardous waste and industrial pollution, lack of access to public transportation, lack of access to green space, lack of access to natural space. Um, and so I think it's really important not just to set a policy, but that there be a process where people are really included um, and feel empowered um, around environmental justice. So this policy really lays out those principles of you know including the voices of those who are most impacted. Um, and centering those historical wrongs and what is, you know, what does remedy uh, look like? What does equity and proactive investment look like? Um, and centering those voices in those communities in the process, but also just having a process, right? That it's not just county government saying, here's the policy, give us your feedback. Instead, it's a, a reverse, you know, kind of pro process of going out into communities, listening. What are the challenges? What do you want to see in your community? What is your vision or your dream for your community and then build a policy around that. And, you know, when I was at MWRD, I think we really saw what that could look like. Um, we had a project in Robbins stormwater problem where, you know, traditionally MWRD would have just come in, built a million dollar, you know, $10 million hole in the ground and left. And instead we had a community engagement process. Listen to residents beyond stormwater. What do you want to see in your community? What do you need? What's missing? People talked about needing a recreational path 
Um, you know, there are a lot of assumptions that we make in, in government or in planning, right? So they, people assume, oh, they wanted football fields or basketball courts. And they said, no, we want soccer fields. Um, people talked about the lack of jobs and the lack of, you know, access to transportation. And so it ended up including, you know, a green, uh, a green jobs incubator. It ended up including a proposal for uh, transportation access from the highway and the trains. And so what started off as like a $10 million hole in the ground by listening to communities ended up being um, actually less money for MWRD in partnership with HUD and the Department of Education and other governmental entities um, into something that, you know, one day, hopefully when it's completed, will be a recreational area with soccer fields that also includes stormwater retention. You know, it includes paths from the schools to um, the waterways and includes the green uh, jobs incubator. And so I think it's just an example of how listening to communities and instead of tackling one problem at a time, that there's a way to really in, listen to communities about what their vision for their entire community is, separate from like one particular issue like stormwater, um, and actually kind of bring different partners together and make something that's more than the sum of its own parts. That's a novel idea. Government giving people what they want. <laughs> first, yes. <laughs> keep that, keep up that work. This might be a very tough question for you to answer. Do you have a favorite forest preserve? You know, I I don't, but I will say my kids do, which makes okay. it my favorite or makes it the one that we go to the most. And you know, I'm a little embarrassed to say that it's actually not in my district. It's just a block or, or two outside of my district. But they love Glenview Woods, which is connected to Harms Woods, which is in a, which is in our district. So we just had an event at Harms Woods North, which is right on Harms and Old Orchard Road and the northern uh, west corner of Skokie. It's one of the larger kind of woods that's uh, very popular with bike paths that lead all the way up. To yeah, the- I used to ride my bike all the way up. Exactly. We see a lot of those bikers going up to the Botanic Garden, going up right. to the Lake County border. And just north of that is Glenview Woods. And they love it because there's a little bridge uh, over the waterway. And so, you know, we, we, I had my second child the day that we went to shelter in place. So I had two kids under two and we didn't have a backyard. Um, and so the Forest Preserve and particularly Glenview Woods became our backyard. They have a little bridge there that the kids love that they, you know, throw a stick on one side and see it float down the other, um, you know, a little path. It's a little popular place where they, we run into deer, you know, on a weekly basis and um, it's a smaller woods. So they like it and to, you know, I have to say, even though it's not in my district um, and it's uh, my kid's favorite. Any amusing or fun stories you could share with us about forest preserves or nature or programs that you've, you've been offering? Uh, well, one that I discovered, uh, being a new Cook County commissioner that a lot of people don't know about is that we have camping, uh, in the Cook County forest preserves, we have cabins with air conditioning and wow. <laughs> and heat and electricity for those who are newer to camping, who are not necessarily going to pitch a tent. Um, it's very affordable. We went and stayed at Dan Beardwoods, which is the closest to my district up in Northbrook. Uh, we got a cabin that fits 10 people with bunk beds. Again, wheelchair accessible. I lived here all my life. I never knew. A about fire that. pit. And it was, I think, 100 bucks a night could fit up to 10 people. Um, and so it's it's just an amazing um, asset. Our, we went out there with my uh, mother and my sister and my kids. So people age you know, literally 2 to 72 loved it. Um, and it's a, a hidden asset that not everybody knows, but people know about the picnic permits. People know about the Botanic Garden Zoo, uh, but camping is a really uh, great tool, not just for individual families, but we've been connecting a lot of our nonprofits that were going to Indiana or Wisconsin um, or Michigan to do their day camps and realizing that they can do those here in Cook County. So that's a little hidden gem. 
sounds a little like glamping. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. It's a little like glamping. I mean, it's not that extreme, like, you know, um, but, you know, you still got to cook on a fire pit. There's no kitchen um, or microwave or anything, but it does have the electricity. It is, uh, you know, a little bit of a, a entry point for people who are non-campers. How do people find out about those uh, campsites? Just Google Cook County Forest Preserves and or go to their website and, and uh, search camping. And you'll see all of the different campgrounds available across Cook County. They're in the North Burbs, South Burbs. Um, there's, uh, I think, I believe at least seven around Cook County. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Is there anything we missed that you'd like to cover? No, I think it's just, you know... As people are struggling, we just hope that people know that there's resources out there. And even if you don't want to talk to somebody that you know, you can dial 988. Um, you know, if you're just having a rough day, you know, going out to the forest preserves, it really does. I can, you know, attest personally, it really does feel different to go sit in the forest preserves or even take a 10, 15 minute walk in the forest preserves than, than taking a, a walk around the block. Um, you know, and so it really does give you that refresh. It really does help you clear your mind. And we hope people um, come take advantage of it as something that is free and accessible and inclusive for everybody. Well, Commissioner, mental health is a serious issue. Uh, thank you for highlighting it and raising awareness. And thank you for being on Green Sense Show. Always. Great to see you. My guest this week was Hosina Morita, Cook County Commissioner, 13th District, sharing her solutions on how nature can be a cure for your winter blues. Visit the GreenSenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM, Chicago. Green Sense Show is sponsored by CEA Technology, providing a sustainable modular indoor growing system. Visit C-E-A-T-E-C-H-N dot com to learn more.